Hi, this is Keith Frischkorn from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you um, paranormal things. And uh, without further ado, three true scary Valentine's Day ghost stories. The Valentine's Visitor. Valentine's Visitor. I haven't posted in a while because everything has pretty much stayed the same since last time. See my friend the succubus. But anyways, this story takes place on Monday the 14th of February. I said last time in my story's comments that I didn't know if demons or whatnot understood holidays. But anyways, it was about 5 a.m. in the morning on Valentine's Day. I was lying in bed. I'm an insomniac, so I don't sleep. And if I do, I would wake up if anything touched me. I felt a cold breeze around my genitals, and then my left leg went numb. I thought this was just my demon playing around with me, as she normally would if she wanted to. I was lying on my back, and I couldn't get up. I felt a cold sensation going up and down my chest, to my crotch again. <laughs> I couldn't get any words out and just laid there. I know someone is going to say that I should have fought back, but I couldn't really have done anything. I couldn't move my leg, I couldn't talk, and I felt like I was tied down on my back. I don't know if you understand. I couldn't sit up or anything like that. I, I kept having a strange tickling sensation on my tongue, and I kept tasting electricity every now and then. And every so often, I would get a cold sensation, like the one rubbing against my chest around my inner thighs. When it eventually ended, it went on for about five, five to ten minutes. She wouldn't leave my head alone. I kept feeling drowsy. And eventually, I drifted off to sleep and had a strange sexual dream of this usual black-haired woman. Except she was nude and sitting up on my bed. She then grabbed my shoulders and sat on my lap. I was also nude in this dream. I don't want to go into any deep details, but let's just say in the dream she had sex with me. And since then, I haven't really had any encounters with her a week on from Valentine's Day. If anyone can tell me if she knew it was Valentine's Day and wanted to make a move on me, or if it was just a strange coincidence. Hi, this is my first post. I hope you do enjoy it. This happened to me a few years ago in my hometown, Man Drifield, and I remember it was on Valentine's Day. Waterfall me and my friend Kirsty were walking to her house one night. I forgot what we were actually doing, but on the way to her house, we had to pass this memorial garden. It has a few flowers and a bench that faces a monument from the war. It's quite a nice place with a small river. There is a path that runs behind the bench, and this was the path we had chosen that day. It wasn't quite too dark, and I remember it was around 6 p.m. in the evening, because there is a church not far from the garden, and the bell struck just before we walked by. 
We were both quite happily talking away until we came close to the bench. Then we both went silent and turned to face the bench. It was very strange because we both did this at the exact same time in mid-sentence and stared for what seemed like ages and longer. There was a man sitting on the bench with his back to us. He seemed to be wearing a rather large coat with a biggish collar. It was a greenish color and he had a large bag next to him. I originally thought the bag was a small child huddled on the bench until I realized how large it really was. After what seemed like ages, but was most likely just a few seconds, we both realized we were staring, but we didn't seem to understand why or the reason. Then, at the exact same time, we both realized the guy had no visible head. I know it sounds lame, but honestly, it is true. Kirsty started to scream. She ran across the road and waited for me on the other side. I, I didn't quite know how to react and just continued to stare in shock. The guy didn't seem phased by Kirsty screaming like that, and this creeped me out a little. I thought maybe he was just leaning forward and his head just wasn't visible, so I slowly walked around the side of the bench to see a front view. The whole entire time, he didn't move an inch. As I got closer, I saw that he wasn't, he wasn't hunched forward at all. He really didn't have a head, just a gaping collar with blackness, yet he had hands and feet and everything else. He just sat there with his, with his hands on his knees. At this point, fear got the better of me. And I ran after Kirsty. As I caught up with her, I paused and looked back. The guy was moving his arms. We then ran all the way to her house. When we finally got home, it was the first time we spoke since we went silent. And she said to me, You did see that, didn't you? We then talked about the whole experience. And we both witnessed the exact same thing. The hellish man in green sat with a bag on a bench. She also said that she thought the bag was a child too. I thought that was kind of odd. We thought maybe it was a guy from the war waiting for his lover or grieving for a friend lost in the war. But I doubt we'll ever really know. I know it seems unlikely, but this really did happen. And if it wasn't for the fact that Kirsty saw it as well, I'd wonder if I really did see it. I've seen other things, but this is by far the scariest. Thanks for reading. Google and Facebook track you and save every piece of information they find, which is creepy. But not everyone is ready to give them up. For those of you who are still on the fence, here are five good reasons to dump Google and Facebook. One. A day in Immersing. A thrilling story for those who believe in the existence of the other beings. My whole family were very excited about the trip to Klong Johor. 
The journey took us longer than expected, as we had children with us, and we needed to stop along the way as the kids needed to use the bathroom often, and we had to break along the way for snacks, lunch, etc. This looks like it's the longest. Story. It was almost late at night when we reached Mersing. All of us Happy were very,、Valentine's、very、Day. tired,、Everybody. and we all needed some well-needed rest. Until your significant well, other, we took things for granted <laughs> for not booking the hotel rooms earlier, because it was almost the end of the school holidays. Therefore, we thought we would be able to get rooms to stay. How unfortunate for us! We were driving around and around almost for an hour to all the hotels in and out of town, but none were available. Then, we finally reached the chalet. The men managed to get two rooms: one room for the men and the other room for the women and children. The men gave the ladies the choice to, to choose the rooms. We were a group of four ladies, three children, and three men. My sister-in-law and I entered the first room. Standing outside the room itself gave both of us an uneasy feeling. We both inspected the room and felt a very eerie feeling out of nowhere. Then we walked out of the room and gazed at the number engraved on the door. We saw the number, number thirteen. We looked at each other, but did not say anything. As we were walking out of the room, I saw an old lady who might be in her sixties or early seventies standing nearby the room and shaking her head from left to right, left to right, as though she had something to say, but trying to indicate it was with her own gestures like that. Then we took a look at the next room, and although the room was really run down, it looked okay, I guess. And we decided to take that room, as the kids were all falling asleep one by one. I told my husband that we'll take the second room, and the and the men said they'll be playing poker to kill time, and we'll get a better place to stay the next day to catch up with their sleep. I whispered into my husband's ear, not to sleep in the room number thirteen. He asked me why, but I evaded the question and. Strictly told him not to do so, and I'll tell him the reason the very next day. The time itself was almost 2 a.m. in the morning. We, the ladies, washed up and changed, and finally we went to bed. At around 3 o'clock in the morning, I suddenly woke up from half sleep as I heard a knock on the door. Then I listened again. And then, about two or three minutes later, I heard the knock on the door once again. This time, it was knock, 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 three knocks continuously, and even louder than before. It was really scary. I didn't know what it was. My mother-in-law woke up, and she told me that she had also heard the knocks as well. So I decided I needed to do something. I was the one to take charge there. There's no men here. It was only me. So I got up and I took a peep from the closed window by moving the curtain a little and saw nothing. No one. It was at that moment I kind of relaxed. I thought the men were trying to play a prank on us. So I decided to walk back to my bed, settle down to sleep again. 
My mother-in-law was too tired to pay attention to what was even happening around her. Knock, knock, knock. Another three knocks, loud and clear, were heard. This time, the knocks were even more louder than the ones before. My mother-in-law, surprisingly actually, did not wake up this time. And then, I smelled a light incense smell in the room. I was so frightened. I peeped outside again, and the guys were not to be seen anywhere. I looked left and right. Maybe they went to have a meal nearby. I held my pillow closer to me, scared, but trying, trying not to wake up anyone. Then a little later, I still was not asleep yet, and I saw a black figure flying around the room with its hands folded. You see, I'll have to be honest here. I am gifted with a third eye, just like my mom and my grandmother. The third eye is the Asian's way of seeing the ability to see paranormal things. I can see the other being living in the other world, and I've actually encountered very similar events before. This particular figure, though, held something in its hands, and I realized it was a small baby kind of figure. Then it turned and looked at me. Its eyes were all white, without the black pupil inside. At that moment, I was unable to scream. I was unable to speak. It kept on looking at me with somehow, I figured, a sad look, as though it was deprived of happiness. I chanted and chanted my prayers and held on tight to my pillow, trying to remove my gaze from this figure, and then... It disappeared. Still, the entire night, I was, I was unable to sleep after that and did not dare to leave my space on the bed until I saw some daylight outside. The next morning, when my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law woke up, I frankly told them what happened thinking it would be okay now. Valentine's My mother-in-law asked me not to tell oh. anyone, as it might frighten the kids. My father-in-law told us that he was taking his morning walk around the area, and he came across a Muslim cemetery just behind the chalet. I finally realized this explains the haunting, I guess. Maybe the spirit I saw the night before was originated from the cemetery after all. But before leaving Mersing, I approached the old lady that I saw the night before who was shaking her head. She was really old. I walked over, I stopped her as she was walking down the pathway to the hotel lobby, and I asked her, Excuse me, sorry to disturb you. I wanted to know why you shook your head when I came out of the room number 13? Number the old 13. lady looked at me a little shocked, and she was a little reluctant at first, but I, I kept trying to persuade her to tell me what was going on. I knew something was up, and upon my persuasion, she finally decided to tell a story. A story beyond the graves, which was both eerie and unbelievable.
The place that we stayed in was to be one of the most favorable places to stay in the 1980s. And on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1985, there was this couple who booked into room number 13. The couple itself did not look very happy. Jason with a mask waiting there for were him. loud screams and exchange of harsh words heard from the room from the time the couple checked I in. I just love you. The old lady was the cleaner who overheard the conversation between this couple. The girl was pregnant and the man refused to marry her as he was already married. Later that night, he left her alone in the room and drove away. The girl ran after him trying to catch up with him and she ended up in the cemetery. The old lady heard some screams from the cemetery and some of the workers from the area ran to the girl's aid. She was gasping for breath. The workers carried her to the room number 13 while still waiting for the ambulance to arrive to take her to the hospital. She was bleeding from ways downwards. The baby that was inside her, the baby she was carrying, died in her stomach and eventually she bled to death. She died right before the ambulance arrived to take her to the hospital. The boy who ran away never returned to claim her body. His identity was not never known to anyone as he registered himself with a fake identity. The police came to take reports and the girl's body was left at Mersing Hospital for days. Her case was said to be a closed file. She was said to have died of bleeding profusely due to a miscarriage, a natural cause of death it was deemed. The police were unable to link her death to her boyfriend at all. She was told to be an orphan and ran away from the orphanage who refused to do her last rites. Therefore the villagers decided to bury her body at the cemetery. And since that very day onwards, there were people who have seen her spirit roaming around, carrying a baby, especially at 3 a.m. in the morning, crying. And the room number 13, the room that we were in, was never rented out since that particular incident in the 1980s. The workers purified the place with holy water, and brought the Eustaz, a holy man, from the mosque to bless the whole place. But still, there were many, many occurrences of disturbances in the chalet. The old lady added on that sometimes, when a pregnant woman is around that cemetery, she is vulnerable to the evil spirit, and the girl must have been stricken by the evil spirit. Her own version of the same story, I guess. I mean, the oldies believe so. She said that we were offered room number 13 that night just because we were really desperate for a place to stay and there was no other rooms. That is why she stood outside to make sure she never took that room number 13. I mean, I was shocked to hear that story. The 13th. I related the story to the ghosts. other adults, my husband and everybody else in the whole group. Some believed the story and some did not.
but I personally totally believe the truth in it because I saw the figure of the girl and the unborn child that very night. We left Mersing that morning for Kluang. I will never ever forget that experience in Mersing until today. And I hope. May the poor girl's soul rest in peace. God bless her soul and her unborn child. The end. Well, there you have it. Three true scary Valentine's Day ghost stories. Till we meet again, sleep tight.